What's up, everybody? I wanted to get you this podcast as quickly as possible. I just completed it with Chris Marcus. Uh, Chris Marcus, who I've had on the show before, is uh, one of the most knowledgeable people in the world on the silver market. And if you're following the markets at all, you see that silver's um, doing some amazing things right now, going crazy uh, due to this Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit forum. And so I wanted to get Chris on and get his thoughts so that you can take action for your own uh, trading accounts and uh, get you the best information I can. So here's the full interview with uh, Chris. And down below, just so you know, in the show notes, I'm going to link to Chris's YouTube page, as well as his book, The Big Silver Short, if you want to pick that up on Amazon. But definitely check out his YouTube channel. Um, it's one of the most informative on silver uh, out there. So uh, enjoy the podcast. So silver this morning, um, most significant single day increase in 11 years. What do you make of it? Well, I think we're seeing an exciting piece of history personally. And as someone who has followed the silver market since 2009, actively studied the situation of the short position and whether that was altering what the price would have been without some things that I didn't think people know about. And it's kind of like when something's based on a secret and if nobody knows about it, it goes on kind of like Bernie Madoff's thing, you know, nobody knew Absolutely. what he was doing. They thought, but it's like the second that either a, the money runs out or B people find out about it, especially in the wall street arena where you have the perfect environment for when the sharks smell blood in the water. And I think that's we've, we've we've passed that point now. Okay, so so you do believe that this short squeeze is possible, being driven from the retail side. So do you feel like that the hedge funds and the big money is going to jump in on this as well to to actually make it happen? Well, you can see the the short position be pressured i mean <laughs> even with it could be done with retail i mean nobody really knows how close it is to the break point we can see that the numbers haven't added up for a long time so there's some imbalance i mean it's one of those things you know probably if every person in the country bought five ounces of silver that would probably be enough I don't know if that's the way something like this is most likely to play out, but what I think is interesting is that A, in that group, I'm guessing that wasn't a bunch, just retail investors that pushed uh, GameStop from $20, right. $500. So you're feeling like in that situation, it was the hedge funds and whoever else coming, big money coming in to help kind of you know, drive that price and push those, push that squeeze with the short sellers. And, and so you don't, so you think it may have been started by retail and then others jumped in to get the ball really rolling. Maybe I'd phrase it as that it would probably be silly of me to suggest that I know all of the people that are in the group or that now have read the group. I believe it's public to, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm not a regular Reddit user. I have an account. I haven't used much, but I was able to look and see there. So sure. 
you know, I talk about it on my show and it's interesting when you do something on YouTube or a, a platform or a podcast where you never know who's listening. So maybe it's a thousand retail people and 10 multi-billionaires. That's the thing where, you know, we don't know how it started. Uh, I have, I, and again, I have things, the questions maybe I'll hold off any guesses until there's more information. There's a lot that's unknown now, but is there political influence in this as we see often in other situations where, again, I find often when the media makes something a, a big event very quickly, often there is politics involved. And certainly, I don't know if we've ever had a more politicized time than last month. I mean, keep in mind, it's almost we've forgotten that like it was a couple of weeks ago, there was a raid on the Capitol building, <laughs> not completely normal. And then you have Trump who was talking about how the election was stolen for three or four months, whether one believes that's the case or not. To me, it's odd that since the last address before he left the White House, I don't think anyone's heard from the guy, which seems a little bizarre and you, you, there's there's so much emotion going on and things in the world plus underlying it all is that you do have these glaring imbalances i can't speak to gamestop as clearly as i've just been learning about in the last week but silver it's interesting you know maybe some people would say GameSpot uh, stop at 500 dollars is really overvalued Silver, I mean, you could probably make the, it'd probably be easier to make the case that silver at 25 bucks is disturbingly undervalued. That's not only half of its, and I know it's $30 today, which is nice. Right. But I mean, right. that's not only about half of the 2011 high, that's half of the 1980 high. This right. was before QE5, 6, and 7, and QE Infinity, the QE2. I mean, <laughs> that was even before you had a trillion dollars of debt. Yeah. That was before yeah. the Iraqi wars. I mean, this is, and we're in a, right. we're in a financial environment where Bitcoin is up 10 to 13 X depending in the last year, depending on the day you market Tesla. If you look, and I'm sure it's just a complete coincidence that Tesla's up about 19 fold from right around when the fed started doing those swap lines in September of 2019, which injected trillions of dollars into the markets. They never said why, which is, and we have these presidential debates. And when I asked about the Fed or any of these things, it's just like, but they, okay, you don't have to ask about it. And you can think whatever you want. But if you, for people who want to know why these things aren't happening by accident. And yes, maybe whatever happened or whoever is involved, whether it's hedge funds or retail, or it could be Santa Claus, but now you've created a media event and the fundamentals underlying it, you have a secret and you have a market that can be pressured. And I think we're seeing that. And the numbers are stunning so far of what we've seen already. So it'll be fascinating to uh, see how the rest of this week plays out. Now, tell me how. Um, so what I've learned and uh, as an amateur at this, most people who are going to be watching this are probably amateurs as well. How does it actually work, though? Because what I'm hearing is, oh, well, you actually need to get physical silver because that's the thing that's really going to drive the prices is take these contracts and actually get the physical silver out. But what happens from everything I've read and know when the comics just says, actually, no, we're just going to pay you in cash rather than physical silver? 
how do you break this kind of how do you break their hold on the market well i think you laid it out pretty pretty great right there where you got the cause and the effect the cause is that it's always been a matter of if you someone's going to show up at some point and say hey i want my silver but because the systems that the different paper products whether it's comex contracts or slv where they claim to have added 34 million ounces of silver on friday <laughs> which keep in mind we could go through some data if you'd like i could make the case that, that seems like a lot of ounces that seems like a truckload of ounces right there <laughs> If you look at one metric that shows 320 million ounces went into the funds last year, but there are, no, I think it was about 350 million ounces went into funds like SLV and the trust last year, but there was a 318 million ounce deficit. So, I mean, yeah, it went in there, but that's not what was available. That had to come from somewhere else. So if the balance there is 32 and a half million, you could make the case that what was actually available after the supply last year for the trust for the entire year was taken in the first day right. of SLV shares. On so Friday. It's like that happened on Friday. What happens today? Now, as you said, what really now puts the pressure on things? Because SLV, there's a lot of questions about are they really when you actually look at the mechanics of how many people would have to add how many bars that quickly it's there are legitimate questions and in the end you have for every piece of metal in the book that i did the big silver short uh, i asked a bunch of the guys that were involved i didn't get an answer of lower than 500 to one so for yeah. every piece of silver how many people think they have a claim on it then David Morgan, who many people know is uh, kind of the silver guru, uh, has been doing this the longest and very well known and respected. He said, yeah, it's 500 to one, but we don't know what the derivatives are that they, that are over the counter. I mean, in, in a world, it's like even Deutsche Bank probably can't calculate their true derivative exposure. Right. So nobody really knows what the true number is, but it's a lot more than one to one which has left things in the place for the COMEX to have an ending similar to the end of It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> so when enough physical is removed, right. then you get the, the effect, which is the failure of the COMEX, which is certainly one way that a lot of people, including myself, think it's going to, like, no, I don't, I don't know how else, I mean, I don't know what the mechanics or maybe it'll be, there's uh, someone tries to redeem SLV shares and they're denied. I hear through the grapevine that when people try and take delivery on the COMEX and actually take metal out of there, that there are people that make it not so easy to do so. So just because sure. they have the contract, you know, so there's a lot of politics involved behind this so this let's assume let's assume that it, it's too big to fail it will never fail let's assume that right assume that they can bend the rules any way they want to never actually deliver a silver bar to you and only deliver cash right a devaluing currency however that's going to look but so let's assume all that 
Because I do believe that that's true. It's never going to be like, oh, the Comex out of business. Oh, it failed. No, it's always going to be like, oh, here's your cash. Yeah, we've stopped silver delivery, but here's delivery of cash. What happens in that situation with the price of silver? Well, I'm not sure I entirely agree with that underlying assumption. But if you want to say that just that the COMEX stays in business, but they settle to cash. Yeah, I mean, let's say worst case scenario. Okay, it, it basically understand it, it gets to the point. It's going to be, in my view, it would be too big to fail. They would I come I, in. I, I don't know that we're at the point. Some of these things that are too big to fail, I think some of them we might find they're not too big to fail where... I mean, at what point does the Fed lose its credibility? I heard for every 40% of... How has that not already happened? I don't know. <laughs> for, they say 40% of every dollar in existence now was printed last year. Right. <laughs> We're probably mathematically, if we knew the real numbers, or even if you use the numbers they put out there, I'm not saying this to be funny because I understand, but to put in context, either close to Weimar Germany, probably beyond it, with but people have been so conditioned to think, hey, this is the Fed. They know what they're doing, despite when you actually look at the same Fed that Bernanke said subprime was contained. Right. Jerome Powell went and lied and said that things were fine until Corona. All right, well, why were you lowering interest rates prior to that? Why were you doing swap lines? If things were so great, like all of these political and central banking institutions say, why didn't they pare down the balance sheet over the past decade? There are reasons why these things can't happen. There's a very clear cause and effect and chain of events. And underlying the heart of all of this is the silver market. So it's intriguing what's happening in silver. And if you want, we can get into a degree some of the other things that can happen off of that. But that's when you add all this together, that's why I think there's so much pressure, why this has continued on for so long, why regulators, governors, uh, you name it, have looked the other way. There's a lot of stuff that I don't think people want to come out that is coming out. All right. So you're a random dude on Reddit and you've read this. You believe that it's true. You want to support this cause that's going on on Reddit and you decide you want to start pushing it to the man and getting into the silver market, what's the best way for you to put the pressure on? I think if somebody wants to do that, buying physical silver. There you go. SLV, uh, I mean, if someone has a billion dollars and they want to test, see SLV, there's a, a redemption process. Uh, we did a call the other night. I was wondering if it's even possible. If you had a billion dollars, can you have to get something called an authorized participant? And even if you have the money and you have a you know banking relationship, I'm not sure that's even enough. So it's like buying the SLV shares. That's buying more paper. And I think that's missing what the what. I can't give financial advice to people that I don't know and I'm not seeing, but at least as in terms of if the objective of one's investing objective is to buy silver in a manner that puts pressure on the system. I mean, there will have some, like the fact that 34 million shares were reportedly added on Friday. I mean, you know, it's 
stunning and it's very newsworthy and it's bringing more attention right the most direct impact if you buy physical silver that either a you can hold in your hand or that it's stored somewhere uh is really the most direct there are some place some crypto back things there are some that are probably great there's some that i would feel comfortable with there's some that i wouldn't they're probably great the great ones that i don't know if you want, we can look, talk about some of those, but making sure that either it's something you're holding in your hand or you feel very confident that the, there's another person holding that. I don't feel confident in, in SLV because Adam, do you know who the, the custodian of the trust is? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Take a guess on this one. Uh, ben Bernanke? No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually give it a little bit more credibility because the custodian of SLV is JP Morgan. He just recently <laughs> fined $920 million for manipulating the precious metals and treasury market too. Not a couple of times, but in the CFTC's press release, hundreds of thousands of occasions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, this is the whole point of, um, I mean, one big, big sliver of the, my brain wasn't working there for a minute, but one big sliver of the Reddit thing is like let's take it to, let's take jp morgan over the barrel right um but the reality is that a rise in silver price may be great for jp morgan what do you think about that yeah a couple people asked that recently we we don't really i mean there's a lot of guesstimating of what jp morgan has or doesn't have now you can look at their comex report shows 190 something million ounces in there which is almost double what the Hunt brothers had, maybe 50 to 75% more than what Warren Buffett had. And I don't know how many people are aware that Warren Buffett, so everyone who says, well, if silver is so great, why would Warren Buffett, why wouldn't he invest? He did not once, but twice for the exact same reasons that many people are thinking about today. And um, so JP Morgan has substantially more than that in terms of what they're reporting. Now, some people wonder even how accurate the data is. I think that's fair to question. This is track record of not giving truthful information. So that's part of the, the, the puzzle in silver, which if you like searching and exploring and studying, nobody knows exactly how many ounces are out there. You know, we're, well, this study says that, well, that study could be right. That study could be propaganda. That study could be yeah. a lot of things. Uh, but you mix the clues together. And uh, with JP Morgan, there's the part we can see. I think there's a great case to be made, which Ted Butler, who really deserves a lot of credit for everything that's coming out now, he was everyone who's realizing, yeah, there's a short position. Yeah, this is rigged. A lot of credit goes to him and, and uh, others. And But he tracks as closely as anyone I know, because you don't have like JP Morgan short this much, you right, don't yeah, see yeah. their exact position. There are some ways it can be extrapolated out. I believe the last uh, time uh, he does a twice a week column, I think JP Morgan in terms of their actual COMEX position is either short or like mildly short or flat or mildly long. So I don't think that JP Morgan, I do believe that it did have, and in fact, Bart Shelton confirmed that they did have a massive position at one point. Now this goes back and forth in this little charade between the banks and the hedge funds, which is quite a mind boggler yet. 
it seems as if JP Morgan from the best that I can see is probably going to make a lot of money when it goes up. Right. So, it seems so, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not like other- for, it's just so I, I want to make sure I understand this correctly. So their short position, JP Morgan is not from them doing what the hedge funds did with rot with the short selling of, of GameStop, which is they borrow the shares and then sell them short. Right. Their short position is based on them issuing new paper for the silver. Is that correct? Yeah. So they're actually doing the issuing. And therefore, once they issue it, then they are short that position because they've issued that paper. But like you, I mean, the whole thing is they could always just issue more. I mean, but I guess it's coming into a rising market. They're issuing more short paper, more short papers purchased. And they're just kind of pushing off this inevitable uh, end date, which maybe never happens. I don't, you know. Tell me, break it down for the amateur like me to get a better kind of global understanding of what they're doing and how that would work. Let's leave aside JP Morgan because I think there's things that are fair to say as a whole. There's things maybe I might think, but because it's hard to know the specifics. So we'll say the banks. Just imagine instead of the banks, Bernie Madoff. Mm hmm gets bigger as long as it keeps going or for him he needed more cash needed the market to go up for this it needs to be remaining a secret and not have people find out about this and you're just the longer it goes the more leverage because people can go and look on the chart and you can see these massive spike of volumes and often it'll be during times where you know the fed will say well we're gonna print another trillion here and people go buy contracts thinking rightfully so, hey, they're going to print more money. There's demand for silver. And they're actually it, like the physical metal. Uh, people are buying the heck out of that. Right. But they buy the contracts. But because you can write any amount of paper, it just comes like wham and smacks all the bids. They don't. It's essentially the equivalent would be when you talked about shorting a stock. I mean, no, you still have to find a locate, but at least when I was trading equity options, you had to borrow a share. Mm-hmm, so you can't right. you can short more than 100% of the shares. These banks aren't borrowing, they're not locating a silver. In fact, any of the silver they have probably is leased out multiple times. It's a massive daisy chain that has always depended on not having enough people take physical silver right. or some form of silver where it's, out where it's actually stored one-to-one right. and that's always been the Achilles. And I mean, Hey, I don't, I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, but if they did 34 million ounces on one day and it, this is just the beginning, it's just the beginning, right? Now yeah. you have silver manipulation on the cover of CNBC today. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I know I, I heard already some, uh, owners of online retailers of silver who basically paused purchasing of silver over the weekend on their own sites, right? And people don't do that if they can make money, right? They were concerned that the price of their supply was going to be higher. So they literally paused um, purchases on their own websites. So you know it's a big deal when people who want to make money selling silver aren't selling silver because they're worried this thing's going to go through the roof um, and they're going to get caught holding the bag. Um, have, have you, you're in touch with, uh, with online retailers. So I'm sure you've already probably talked to them. Can you get, can you give us their feel on the situation? 
Yeah, and uh, it's good good point you raised there because I would not say that we ran out of silver. I would say the supply that dealers had that was hedged was exhausted. So, for right. example, uh, you know when we have a relationship with Miles Franklin, and they have a certain portion that was hedged, but that was sold. He even sold more into his inventory, so he has inventory, but he sold past what was hedged. And there was a point at which there was exposure until the COMEX opened because the the dealers hedged their inventory. You know, when, you know, sometimes they give the dealers crap because they think people think they're talking their own book. I mean, they're not their business. They're capturing the order flow and a commission, but it's not, they're not always, I mean, right. they have stuff for his personal, but his business is hedged. And that's why you saw all of them because the what was available, so I think, now I know Miles Franklin still has supply behind that. I'm assuming some of the others do. I'm sure we'll know more about that in a couple of hours, but that was what happened there. Yep. And um, from well, so maybe that's the, maybe that's the first shot across the bow, which is everybody went and bought up uh, everything that was online and available to to purchase online, the physical silver, right? Um, and I think that's it's telling that people did that to me because it's telling in that people actually got the message, your message earlier, which is you want to really put pressure, you buy the physical silver. Now tell me, do you believe that chain will work? So the retailer buying from an online uh, store, that retailer then goes out to the wholesale market or however they procure the, the silver. Do you think that's enough to actually begin to move the needle? Yeah, Adam, actually, can you allow the screen share for a moment, please? Sure. There's, on one hand, there's some number of, I don't know what it is. I don't know anybody knows what it is, how many ounces you would require for people to buy that would bring us to that break point. I think so you try the share now. You can, you can try it now, I think. Yeah, thank you. So there's some quantitative element to it, but is there any better example of a psychology barometer than financial markets? And here, because I think there's a lot of political forces involved, I mean, I don't know, there's people in the silver community have been trying to get this story out for years and nobody would want to touch it. It wasn't yep. any more glaring five years ago than it is today. But now that it's happening, maybe that's the psychology of what people respond once something has happened. Yep. You know, and now people want to buy silver after it's up. And in a culture where here in the West, you have funds that trade on momentum. What I've talked about for the last couple of years is that, all right, you know, you have the interest is killed. People are seeing Tesla go up 19 X and they don't want to sit there and wait 10 years for silver. Like the rest of us had to do. Yeah. But once you have it all of a sudden become a media event and the price is rising, see you had to jump 11%. That was before the U S markets open. People are, if we see that same typical that pattern, which is people climb in afterwards, if people are just the stocks were up thirty percent, silver stocks were up thirty percent in in Europe. Yep. And if Americans are going to say like, "Oh wait, now hedge funds are going to pile in after that in a very small market," and now it's see now it's gone viral. Yep. 
And I don't. Well, Chris, you, maybe you, you can write all the books in the world, but all you need really is one really good Reddit post, and you can change the world based on that. Maybe it's it's that simple. Maybe get enough people on board and suddenly it hits through the stream. Of course, CNBC is just looking for the next thing to talk about. And, um, you know, but I think we saw this happening kind of last week, right? With Reddit, the first, the first, you know, shots fired on Reddit. And I think, you know, it's, it's FOMO. It's people worrying that they're going to miss out on the GameStop thing again. I mean, again, in 10 days, um, but people were like, I don't want to miss that again. I don't want to miss it. Right. And so they jump on board and suddenly it's self-fulfilling, you know, prophecy. And, you know, like you said, multiple decades of people talking about this, uh, maybe happening this week. Yeah. And the, Adam, if I may add on to that again, I know very little about GameStop. Let's see. It's two, 255 bucks today. I don't know if it's worth $500, but I would say that the fundamentals for silver are pretty darn clear where, you know, there's sometimes you can push a price if you have coordinated action and it'll move it. But over time, whereas here, I think the price has already been pushed and is massively. So it's like you have, it's like you're working with gravity on your side here. Yeah. 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 Well, well so what you're kind of to, to put it together, you're kind of saying GameStop may have been, whether or not GameStop had any value, meaning whether or not they can actually earn money or whatever, nah, nobody really knows. But with silver, its market's known. It, everything about it is basically known. So silver, the thing was already on fire. The gasoline's already poured. People are juggling, you know, like when you go to bur like the Burning Man crowd and they're like throwing flame things around. They're already doing that. Now they're drinking whiskey. And it's like you throw Reddit wall street bets on top of that and we're, we're in the process of seeing how it shakes out yep maybe one giant bomb fire man chris thanks man i really appreciate coming on with me man thanks so much adam appreciate all that you're doing it's been great getting to know you glad you have a podcast going and anything i can do to help you let me know anytime